Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today we welcome back Paulette Meyer, last with us on Song of the Soul back in 2009. She's put out three albums since then, one around her activism and work for the world, and the others related to the timeless Quaker wisdom she has delivered in chant or plain song. Paulette combines her beautiful voice with deep spirit and care for the world to share heart-mending and nourishing music. Andrew Jansen helped today with production assistance, and we had to include one song as a bonus excerpt on NordenSpiritRadio.org. Paulette Meyer joins us via Zoom from Cincinnati, Ohio. Paulette, it's so good to have you back after these 14 years for Song of the Soul. Wow, it's been that long. And you've done a lot of creativity and recording in the meantime, and you've had other great adventures in your life. I say great adventures, but some of them aren't so exciting for you. Health issues, fires. True, but it's good to talk with you always, Mark. And I want to thank you. Just yesterday, you shared a pre-worship enrichment for Eau Claire Quakers, and that was rich and wonderful. It helped prepare us and lead us into deep worship, and thank you for doing that as well. Well, that was my pleasure. I liked learning about how you all do that. That was something that other meetings might gain from knowing about. But tell me about your life, not all of it since 2009, but what have been the major features you want our listeners for Song of the Soul to know about? I had already been putting Quaker quotations to chant-like songs when I did that interview with you in 2009, and I think it was in the next year or so that I recorded those through Quaker Press. That really opened up a door because there's a Episcopalian priest named Cynthia Bourgeau who's quite well known as a leader in contemplative Christianity. She loved that album so much, and she's been doing a lot to promote it. And she's drawn me into her, what she calls, wisdom school community, where I frequently have gone to lead chanting with these Quaker quotations. That led to a whole other album of more which her wisdom community, Contemplative Christian Wisdom Community, had a lot to do with getting it funded. That's been a real development since then, that I've been beyond Quakers, doing a lot with sharing these Quaker messages with other people that are in this more contemplative Christian movement. So that's been kind of exciting. And I think you've just recently, uh, last couple of years, did a second recording. You had one, I think, 2012. I don't remember what the years were for each of your recordings, but you had one album you put out originally and another, and you've put out a, more of a folk activism record as well. Yeah. Now there's two Quaker albums out, Quaker words put to melody, and the second one is much more chant-like singable with instrumentation and harmony. The other one you're mentioning is called Just Earth. That was put out with a group of friends here in Cincinnati that I played with and sang with for 10 years here. 
and we called ourselves Just Earth, and we named the album Just Earth. It was to reflect our mission to sing songs calling for justice on Earth and to say that we just have this one planet. So we included seven of my original songs and four of the other song leader, well, singer-songwriter Jamie Foda, who also was a fabulous guitarist. We included four of her songs and then some covers. But that really was a labor of love to put those songs out that we had been singing around Cincinnati for those years. And that came out in about the beginning of 2017. There's more adventures we could talk about your life, and we will soon. People can learn a lot about you if they listen to the 2009 interview on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. But why don't you get us started with some of your music right away? Why don't we start with one that I wrote a while back called I Want to Know. That song came out of my desire to write a song that had something to do about the need for a more localism with our economy, our economic system. Let's dive right into the song. We'll talk about it afterwards. The song, again, is by Paulette Meyer. It's being performed with the group Just Earth, and it's called I Want to Know. I want to know where all the things that I use come from. I want to know whose hands produced them all and brought them. I want to see the faces of the ones who labored so I can know to whom I owe my gratitude. Now 
goes to work each day, sewing hats in a factory, her hopes for more community are dashed with every scene. She asks me why no one knows the fabric of their lives, the web that holds us all together, from which we all Clearly, Paulette Meyer is a curious person. She wants to know a lot, I think. And some of the most rich and important things are what she mentions in that song, I Want to Know. It's part of the album Just Earth, performed by Paulette and her co-performers, jointly known as Just Earth. I was wondering if Rima was the person who inspired that song. Actually, yeah, the name is Rima, but that wasn't a real name. I changed her real name, but she... Let's put it this way. I wanted to write a song about localism and the need for a local economy. And this memory of Rayma flashed into my mind when I was starting to write the song because I had been doing refugee resettlement work back in the late 80s and early 90s. And I remembered sitting with this one woman from Iran and she was in her 60s and her grown kids had come to the States. So it was a family reunification program with refugee resettlement that I was involved with. And she was just so, so lonely and just so much grieving not being in Iran anymore, where she had this lovely little village that she loved and where, as she told me, everybody knew where everything came from. And she was just sobbing and at some point even held up the handkerchief she had in her hand and she's crying and she said, in my country, I even know where this comes from, this handkerchief. That was a really powerful memory of what it was like for her to live someplace where everything that she used, she seemed to know where it came from. And she looked out the window and it was in the suburbs and she said, look, there's nobody out there. There's no farmers. Nobody's out trading anything in the street. And she just was beside herself with grief about the loss. That memory really stuck with me. And I had never connected it to that idea of a localism with the economic system, but it just really did come together for that song. Yeah, it makes such a difference to be local. Just last night, night before, 
we were working on processing acorns, something that I do. We had some friends came in from Twin Cities to here to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, a couple other people from the Quaker meeting who are local. And we're sitting around and we're taking these acorns out of their shell. And this is for hours we're doing this and we're just visiting. And it makes such a difference to have that kind of circle of connection instead of just the moment where we speak and run. It was a really wonderful evening for us of deep connection. And it sounds something like Rainbow was used to experiencing. Yeah. I've often thought that everything that we use or eat, for the most part, we don't know where it came from. We don't know who grew it unless, you know, now lately, more lately, there's a community-supported agriculture program locally, thankfully. But for the most part, we just consume, consume, consume without knowing anything about who produced what we use. And I've thought this for a long time, that it's very alienating. And it's we're not at a place where we can go back to village life like that, I don't think. I don't think it will ever happen. But I do long for more connections in what we use and what we produce. And it's something that you and Just Earth were spreading with that song. Let's go on to more music. I want to get everything. You've got a rich selection I know you're going to share today, and I want to make sure we get it all in. What should we do next? I'd like to do this song called Power that came from, I guess it was the 80s, maybe late 70s. John and Johanna Hall wrote this song that became sort of an anthem for the anti-nuclear power movement, which I was very involved in. We had a nuclear plant going on up the river from us in Cincinnati. It's about 25 miles upriver, and it was 98% complete, and it didn't look like there was any stopping it. But I got involved with a local effort, and we ended up getting it stopped. And I had even gone to Washington, D.C. and worked in Washington for four years on nuclear energy issues, originally for a Ralph Nader organization and then for another organization called the Nuclear Information Resource Service. So it was a big part of my life back then. So the song Power, Just Earth, my group decided we would change it from take all your atomic poison power away in the song to take all your toxic fossil fuel power away. That atomic energy, it's also, nuclear is also a fossil fuel, comes from uranium mining, which is just horrible. What uranium mines are doing to the land and to a lot of Native Americans still. I had written this other little song, but I I never did anything with it called Why Do We Pump Oil from Under the Ground? Why Do We Dig Uranium from Under the Ground? And decided that that would be a good introduction to that song called Power. So maybe we could go ahead and share that. Yeah. So the two songs are being performed together by Just Earth. It is Why Do We and Power Hear from Paulette Meyer's Song of the Soul. Why do we pump oil from under the ground? Why do we dig uranium from under the ground? Why do we mine coal deep from under the ground? When we have sunshine abundant from the sky, And we have the power Power of the wind wind soaring by. And we have endless water flowing down. Why do we destroy our sacred ground? Just give me the warm power of the sun. 
give me the steady flow of a waterfall. Give me the spirit of living things as they return to play. Just give me the restless power of the wind. Give me the comforting glow of a wood fire. Won't you take all your toxic fossil fuel power away? Everybody needs some power, I'm told, to shield them from the darkness and the cold. Some may see a way to take control when it's bought and sold. I know that lives are at stake, yours and mine, and our descendants in time. So much to gain, so much to lose. I know that every one of us has to choose. Just give me the warm power of the sun. Give me the steady flow of a waterfall. Give me the spirit of living things as they return to play. Just give me the restless power of the wind. Give me the comforting glow of a wood fire. Won't you take all your toxic fossil fuel power away? delicate the balance of nature can be. The limits of her ways have been defined and we cross that line. Some don't even care or know that we'll pay. But we have seen the face of death in our day. So little time to change our ways. If only we together could say, just give me the warm power of the sun. Give me the steady flow of a waterfall. Give me the spirit of living things as they return to play. Just give me the restless power of the wind. Give me the comforting glow of a wood fire. Won't you take all your toxic Fossil fuel power, take all your toxic fossil fuel power, take all your toxic fossil fuel power away. Paulette Meyer and the group Just Earth were performing for you Why Do We and Power, actually, I guess a medley of songs. Power, though, you mentioned that it's by John Johanna Hall, but I knew that song in the 1980s via Holly Near. And I didn't know, she very seldom did other people's songs, but what a rich connection there. I'm happy to learn that she sang it. I don't know how I missed that because I was a big fan of hers back in the 80s. So I have to go back and listen to her version of it. But I'm quite sure because when we recorded it, we had to get a mechanical license and I found out it's from John and Joanna Hall. So just tell me a little bit, has that connection with working against fossil fuels or nuclear, has that continued? Or maybe you haven't had to fight it because nuclear has been relatively beleaguered in the United States. They hadn't given licenses out for decades. I think they gave something recently. 
Yeah, that's true. But back then, even, we were very much involved with promoting solar energy and wind energy and geothermal. It was all part of the movement. So around here, we're left with that still, coal and all of the fossil fuels that are doing so much damage to this planet. So yeah, I still feel very connected to that movement. There's a group incident in Ohio called Ohio Citizen Action that's been doing a lot around energy issues for years, and I try to support them as I can. From my perspective, climate change is the issue that we need to all hop on board and try to do whatever we can to turn it around, even though a lot of people say it's not possible anymore. But I think we need to do what we can no matter what. I'm curious how you would put it in your own words. Some people, it seems like their spirituality is activism. It makes sense to me that how we live out our beliefs is extremely central. But some people just, it's like the political belief is their belief and that anything else comes from that. I believe you have spiritual beliefs that are part of what motivates your activism. Am I saying that okay for you? Or I'd really like you to put it in your own words, how it works for you. Yeah, I think that's true, Mark. For me, that's really the essence of the Quaker faith, that, you know, it comes from within and kind of goes to without, you know, witness in the world. I feel like the testimonies, our outward witness, comes from our spiritual grounding and what I would say in love. And that sense of love and source of love, for me, it's behind what I do in the world, I think. What age did you get involved with Quakers? About 20 years ago. I'm in my 70s now, so I was already probably about 50 years old. So you had been very active beforehand in a whole range of issues before you found a Quaker home for your spirituality. What was your spirituality before? Well, growing up, I was raised Catholic, and I was very devout, very devout. I sang on the choir for masses when I was young. Even when I was still in grade school, I got pulled to sing for the requiem masses and the weddings and stuff. That was all pre-Vatican II, so I can still sing the requiem mass in Latin by heart. <laughs> I think that growing up Catholic, you're really immersed in sort of a mystical tradition. I think the mysticism really was important to me. That's one thing I find similar to Quaker faith. And I was part of other traditions between leaving the Catholic Church in my mid-20s and was part of a community church, a small congregation with pretty much all African-American except for a few of us and loved, loved the people there and the soulfulness of that congregation. But there was still this longing for me to engage with more the mystical, I guess. That's all I can say. My experience of the Latin Mass, which they discontinued when I was 10 years old, is that that kind of forces you into a mysticism place because it goes beyond words. That's true. I found an essay I wrote when I was in high school talking about what was lost when we lost some of the things through Vatican II which was pretty interesting because I remember writing that I liked some things, but I said I felt there was some danger in losing some real important depth. It was interesting. So activism in the area of fossil fuels and uranium have been significant to you. Where should we go next for your Song of the Soul? Well, 
you alluded to some struggles in my life. And one big one happened, you know, I went to Philadelphia to be a, in residence at Pendle Hill for nine months. And then I ended up staying in Philadelphia area for 10 more months. That was back in 04 and 05 and 06. And I was doing programs in Quaker schools and Quaker meetings with my children's songs, which was the first album that I put out. That was all around peace education. I had a real leading to be in Philadelphia and to participate with Quaker meetings there and Quaker schools. I was just doing a lot. And even being a docent at Arch Street Meeting House in downtown Philadelphia. And then I decided I had to come back to Cincinnati for a number of reasons. And one was I needed to get a job with health insurance. (laughs) But on the way home, I found a deer tick in my head and came down with Lyme disease in Cincinnati, which wasn't the best best place to get Lyme disease because there wasn't anybody in this whole area or Kentucky, Indiana or Ohio to really be able to get diagnosis and treatment. That took a huge turn in my life because Lyme disease is pretty devastating, affected my memory, my mind, my body in lots of ways, and thrust me into a situation where I needed health insurance. So I got a job as a teacher's aide in the public schools, which had very good health insurance, but extremely low pay. I ended up sort of getting stuck in that job for 10 years. And prior to that, I had done a lot of training of teachers in communication skills with kids, social emotional learning, done a lot of training for teachers. And suddenly I was at the bottom of the rung, put into classrooms with teachers who felt the opposite of what I believe children needed. So it was very humbling not to have any say or power in changing the culture of the school like I had been doing. But I just was pretty desperate to hold on to health insurance at a job that didn't require as much energy as if I had been doing other kinds of jobs, you know, where I had had a lot of responsibility. I think having the health insurance, though, came in probably pretty handy as you dealt with health crises. Yeah, my health insurance managed to cover me even on my I had doctor's appointments in New Jersey regularly with an expert up there. And yeah, I had to travel out of state for years for treatment. And for quite a while, my insurance covered it. So I was very lucky in that way. Someone suggested once, because I talk about Lyme disease all the time, and they said, why don't you write a song about it? And so I started writing one, and I decided to write it from the perspective of the bacteria that causes the disease because the bacteria is not understood well. And it's an incredibly amazing bacteria. It can do all these things to survive treatment by antibiotics. It can hide deep in the recesses of your tissues and it can change forms and protect itself with being encapsulated in like a thing. And so anyway, I, want, I used all of that in the song to get the word out about how this bacteria survives and therefore why so many people are treated, but they don't get better. I sort of hoped that this song would go viral, so to speak, um, <laughs> if I got, if I put it out in, on Twitter. And I made it sort of funny, made it into a marching anthem song. So it was really fun recording it. And this one local guy plays a trombone and a member of Just Earth plays a trumpet. And it was just really fun recording it. So it's called Song of the Spirochetes. <laughs> We are a colony 
song for some bacteria who did her great damage over a number of years. The song is Song of the Spirochetes, performed there by Just Earth, which includes Paulette Meyer. Again, I admire you, Paulette, for being upbeat or compassionate towards this bacteria that did you damage. How long had you felt beleaguered by the whole situation with Lyme disease? Well, I still struggle with it, actually, and that's 
it's been a long, long time, but the symptoms are mostly relieved, but they flare back up when there's any kind of stress in my life. Oh, no, which is too frequent, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still seeing, I see a doctor still for it, but it was a long time where it was so debilitating. It really, truthfully, it wasn't until I could finally quit my job and get on Medicare that my body really started to be able to function better. Because going to work every day with managing children on the playgrounds and in the cafeteria and everything was very stressful. Uh, I don't think I even realized how it was preventing me from the healing that I needed. But when I finally could quit that full-time job, I started feeling a lot better. But the song, what I really wanted to include in it and managed to figure out how to do it in the bridge is to talk about how climate change is affecting the spread of Lyme disease through the survival of ticks. So I managed to work that into the song, which I was glad to do. So you're hitting really important issues personally and environmentally and for the entire world in that song, Song of Spirochetes. And folks, it's on the album, Just Earth. Paulette Meyer's website is paulettemeyer.com. I have a link on nordenspiritradio.org if you want to track down spelling. Like Meyer, you may not know, is M-E-I-E-R. Again, on nordenspiritradio.org, we have the correct link. And you can listen to my interview with her from back in 2009 as well. And all the other folks I've been interviewing for these past 18 years that we've been doing, Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul. So come nordenspiritradio.org, post a comment Make a donation if you can help us find the stations where we're syndicated, some 35 to 45 stations across the U.S. are carrying our programs. And please remember to support them. Community radio is so central, so important. Community education. We were talking earlier with Paulette about the importance of community connections, knowing where things come from. Your radio station locally in your community can have control that most radio stations don't have today. Most of them are controlled nationally by someone else pulling the strings. So please help them out. Make your locality strong. Make your people strong with knowledge that they can put their feet and hands in. Let's get back to some more music from Paulette Meyer right now. Let's Should we go to next? I'd like to share some of the chants from the second album of Quaker. It's called Wellsprings of Life, Quaker Wisdom and Chant. The one that I started with on the album was taken from some words from a poem that a Quaker in Australia wrote named Jerry Guyton, and he was a student at Pendle Hill when I was there. I put some words from his poem to song, and I I love it because I, I think it speaks well to what happens in meeting for worship when we go into stillness or even just, you know, with ourselves. So I'd like to share that one. And normally, Paulette, you could share it live, but we're on speaking through your phone right now, and you just had COVID recently, and your voice is just recovering. So folks, we're going to listen to the recording of it, which has other advantages, including the other music that you get to hear sometimes with this and other people singing in parts. So let's have me be quiet, and let's listen to Stillness. Stillness. Deep, deep within us, from 
From small beginnings it flows into the living water. The ocean of God through our stillness, God moves. Stillness deep, deep within us. From small beginnings it flows into the living water. The ocean of God through our stillness God moves. Stillness deep, deep within us from small beginnings it flows into the living water. The ocean of God, through our stillness, God Paulette Meyer shared that song, Stillness, just yesterday for Eau Claire Friends Meeting, where she joined us for what we call pre-worship enrichment, helped lead us deeply into worship as we sat there in our circle of Quaker worship. We could talk more about these, but I don't think we need to. I think what we really do need is to listen to more of these songs. You have another one you'd like to share? Yeah, I'd like to share Dreams of Love, which was taken from words from William Robinson in 1659, hung in Boston Commons, one of the four Quakers that was executed there for daring to go into the colony when Quakers were mandated not to come in. He wrote this in a letter to his friends right shortly before he was hung. The words are, the streams of my father's love run daily through me. He was telling them, don't worry, don't worry about me. From the holy fountain of life to the seed throughout the whole creation. It's just an incredible thought for him to realize how this stream of love is running through him out into the incarnation of love in every atom in the universe. I just love this. And you'll love it too, folks, as we listen to Streams of Love. The streams of my Father's love run daily through me. The streams of my Mother's love run daily through me. From the holy fountain of life to the seed throughout the whole creation. The streams of my Father's love run daily through me. The streams of my Mother's love run daily through me. 
The streams of my Father's love run daily through me. Streams of my Mother's love run daily through me. Created by Paulette Meyer was actually from a quote from back in 1600s, late 1600s. William Robinson, who was executed by Puritans. Some people ask, aren't Quakers and Puritans pretty much the same thing? And there's vast differences in terms of theology and approach, although they both had a tendency towards plain dress back in the day. But I've heard also the statement, yeah, there's a difference between them is that Puritans killed Quakers. (laughs) And I'd mentioned, by the way, (laughs) William Robinson was one of the people who was killed. There were four. Mary Dyer was one of them. And she's the one who's got statues around, and her name's important. And the three men kind of got lost in the mix because it was more important when a woman dies, actually. Men are important when they kill other people, but women are more important when mm-hmm. they get killed. <laughs> I don't know. That's mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if that's a fair way to say it, but it, it's if you want to have a poster to motivate people to come to your aid, put up a woman, not a man. Yeah, actually, there's another quote from Mary Dyer that I put to music on the same album. 
and it was Mary's death that riled up enough people to actually lead towards freedom of religion in Massachusetts. So you're right about that. It was a big deal when she was hung. One other thing about that song is that I haven't felt comfortable with calling God the Father. And so I inserted alternating with mother in the lyric, which in retrospect is a bit confusing because some people think I'm talking about ancestors when it's really William Robinson was talking about God. <laughs> so that, that was kind of poetic license on my part that maybe altered things a bit. But I think of ancestors as spiritually also running through us. And again, folks, yeah. that's on The Wellsprings of Life, Quaker Wisdom and Chant by Paulette Meyer and her website, paulettemeyer.com. Links on nordenspiritradio.org. Meyer is M-E-I-E-R. We want more, Paulette. There's this one, the words are from Isaac Pennington, who was one of the early Quaker leaders, very, very much a deep spiritual mystic kind of person. And there's a quote that I read from him that I loved, and I call it True Manna. Why don't we share that? I don't think it needs any more introduction to True Manna. There is a great difference between comprehending the knowledge of things and tasting the hidden life of them. I fed on the sweetness of the former before finding the true manna of the latter. There is a great difference between comprehending the knowledge of things and tasting the hidden life of them. I fed on the sweetness of the former before finding the true manna of the latter. There is a great difference between comprehending the knowledge of things and tasting the hidden life of them. I fed on the sweetness of the former before finding the true manna of the latter. The words are from Isaac Pennington, Quaker back in late 1600s, and the melody that is shared there is from Paulette Meyer, who is our guest for Song of the Soul today, sharing true manna. I don't think it needs commentary from me at this point. I think people just should digest that true manna, and then we can move into another song. I re-recorded the John Woolman round. I had put it out on the first album, and so many people expressed a desire to have it redone, and so I did. It's called Seeds of War, and... For those of you who don't know about John Woolman, he was an early abolitionist in the 1700s, and he really lived out his life witnessing against anything to do with slavery and was very aware how the things that we consume can lead to conflict and war and oppression. 
so therefore he refused to wear cotton and refused to use dyes in his clothing, anything that was produced by people enslaved. And so I wanted to make a song out of this. And my friends, Diana Porter and Leonard Webb, who were in the group Just Earth, they helped me make it into a round. And Seeds of War. May we look upon our treasure, our furniture and our garments. May we look upon our treasure, our furniture and our garments, and try to discover whether the seeds of war are nourished by these our possessions may we look upon our treasure our furniture and our garments may we look upon our treasure our furniture and our garments may we try to I think it's rare enough that we do the self-examination to see clearly our part in what goes on in the world. Unfortunately, that quotation, again, it's from John Woolman, but given music by Paulette Meyer, Seeds of War, makes all the sense to me that if we could only look that way, if we could only take our own personal responsibility, the world could move in such a better direction. And thank you for that. Thank you. And we do have time for one more, I think, we could put in here today for Song of the Soul. What should we share, Paulette? Let's do another one from the Wellsprings of Life album, another chant that's called Hold Fast the Hope. And there's a word from George Fox in an epistle that he wrote in 1675, where he's just, you know, the oppression that was coming down on Quakers was just so, so hard and brutal. He's just writing to them and say, you know, don't give up hope. Hold fast the hope that anchors your soul, our souls. 
it's about, you know, living in this world, but rising above it. And by world, not the creation that was made by God, but the human conditions that were created out of so much evil. So he's telling people, just rise above it and hold on and keep yourself grounded in that spirit, the spirit of love. And I think as we go out today for Song of the Soul, we're going to leave you with that song, however beleaguered you may be feeling, the challenges you may have realized in your life currently or past, and just hold fast the hope. But first, I want to thank you, Paulette, again for joining us, sharing yesterday with Eau Claire Quakers, but just joining us today and enriching all of the world that gets to hear you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. We close out with Paulette Meyer, paulettemeyer.com, link on nordenspiritradio.org. Let's all hold fast the hope, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Hold fast the hope that anchors the soul, which is sure and steadfast, that you may float above the world sea. soul which is sure and steadfast that you may float above the world sea hold fast the hope that anchors the soul which is sure and steadfast that you may float above the world sea Sure and steadfast That you may float Above the world sea Hold fast the hope That anchors the soul Which is sure and steadfast That you may float Above the world sea sure and steadfast that you may float above the world sea the theme music for song of the soul is by chris williamson and it is called song of the soul check out all things song of the soul on northernspiritradio.org guests links stations and a place for your feedback suggestions and support send your songs of the soul to me mark helps meet via the info on our website and join us weekly for song of the soul